Hello and welcome everyone to episode number 10 of the Completed Podcast, where we talk everything Magic the Gathering related with a focus on competitive magic with some friendly banter along the way. Today I have Brandon Scott Tanner and Brandon Smith as our co-hosts of the week. How are you guys doing? We love What up? Him. All right. Yeah. Nice, life's, nice. Life's so, good. And life is good. True. So uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, Pro Tour MOM just happened. Uh, as we know, or you might not know, but uh, Nathan Stoyer got first place with Rakdos Midrange. Um, what, what, what do you guys think of that? What do you guys think of the uh, the red-black world that we're living in uh, in Standard at the moment? Uh, well, given that I was in the building and... Every human being that you could see as far as you, you know, as far as you could see was on red, black, uh, pretty tired of it. Pretty stale, uh, standard in general has been like just a ton of red, black X decks for the last, at least since San Diego, you know, basically the entire format shifted from being all Esper legends to all red, black. And now I think red, black is like. Fucking thirty percent of the entire standard meta, if not more. Thirty-seven point three percent of standard is red black range, and then seventeen percent is Grixis. So, like that, yeah. that's that's the big issue, right? Because it was Grixis was dominating the meta, which let's be real, it was the same cards. It was Fable the Mirrorbreaker, uh, Blood Type Harvester, and Shieldred. So yeah. the meta kind of shifted and evolved with Esper Legends to be able to beat this, like these Grixis decks. And then Red Black came along and started dominating Esper Legends, which was keeping Grixis in check. But then Grixis took the tech that Red Black was doing, which was just playing four cutdowns to beat Esper Legends. And then it kind of just nullified like Esper Legends as a whole. Like it not really like nullify, but it definitely made it a lot harder to to win with Esper Legends. Um, it's true. Uh, there's still a lot of people playing it just because of the fact that if pretty much no deck is going to be turn one Skrull, turn two Thalia, turn three Rafine or Adeline. Yep. If you're on the play, like basically every deck in standard is going to struggle against that because it's just such a brutal curve. Yeah. So, like Esper's still a good deck to play, but yeah, no, I wouldn't feel confident taking Esper into a room of standard right now. Like, yeah. it's the third highest deck, and the percentages literally 37.3 is Rakdos, 17.3 is Grixis, and then 6.8. Like, the drop offs there between that's... the first, second, and third is so crazy. That's there's an, so there's literally 20% difference between Grixis and Rakdos. And if you count Grixis as just Rakdos, because Grixis is just Rakdos with Corpse Appraiser, then uh, Red Make Black. And make disappear. And make disappear. <laughs> and the then negate the, the deck. Board. So those decks, uh, re that means that red black is legit over. Like there's over fifty percent of the format is just red black decks. Red black X. Uh, so. I don't know if you guys uh read or heard this uh statistic, but uh decks that are playing uh Fable the Mirror Breaker and Blood Tithe Harvester. Um, the decks that kind of have that red-black core have a 56.7% win rate against 
decks that or decks in general that don't play that core. Like it, it just feels like if you're not playing those cards, you're you should not be playing standard. Yeah. So do you guys think it's time for I know people hate this word, but do you guys think it's time for a ban in standard? No. I personally like the format. I think it's fun. I don't know. I'm on the opposite side of the coin here. Uh, I mean, yeah, like grinding arenas like pretty crappy just because of the fact that it's arena and stuff. But like, I feel like playing the format in paper is just it's fun. It's fun. Like, I was like thoroughly enjoying myself in San Diego playing standard again. It just brought me back to like being able to play standard consistently, like on week the like weekly points like like back in the day and there's definitely been standard formats that have been worse than this i'll say that yeah there's definitely been less interesting standards i guess but i I wouldn't say less interesting i'm saying like more polarizing like i think like fable is obviously the best and most played card in standard like bar none it's just the best card um actually uh it's whacking a bank buster I mean, sure, like, we can go with Wrecking a Bankbuster, too, like, I mean, either or, uh, but, I mean, I I think that the format's fun, I don't know, I, I, I think it's fun, it's definitely teaching me how to play mid-range decks better, which is something that I, like, that is something you don't do. learn, it's something I don't do, because I just play combo decks, but, yeah, so. You like to die to the mid-range decks instead. Mm-hmm. The Thoughtseize decks, specifically, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Um, I So, <clears throat> pretty much everyone that I talked to at the Pro Tour. Uh, so, like, day one, we all, like, everybody I talked to, pros included, were just like, yeah, man, glad that Fable's about to rotate out so that it can, like, they don't have to ban it. You know, there's no standard tournaments before standard rotation. So, you know. I was like, yeah, that's fair. But pretty much everybody that I talked to, like Reckoner Bankbuster was the most played card at the tournament because every deck was playing for Reckoner Bankbuster, basically. I think it was like 88% of decks were playing for Bankbuster or some crazy shit like that. Um, <clears throat> but nobody was talking about Bankbuster being banned. Everybody was just like, yeah, if it wasn't rotating, like I would say we should ban Fable. And I kind of agree. I think that Fable just... It just generates so much value. Like, so, like, if you're playing a deck that, like, if you're playing a deck in standard right now, you have to be able to answer the Fable token. Like, you have to answer the 2 2, or else they're just going to generate too much of a mana advantage and run you over. Um, <clears throat> I mean, casting Invoke Despair on turn four is, like, super backbreaking. Um, so you have to be able to kill the token, and then they're going to draw two cards, which is probably going to draw them the second Fable, because, I don't know, it always does in my experience of playing against it. Okay. Uh, and then you have to answer the backside of the Fable, where you probably just die, because then any creature that they play is just automatically alive, and all of their creatures are, like, good dudes with ETB abilities or children. So. Yeah, uh, I, I obviously, BST said earlier, I probably consume the most magic content uh out of all of us but nathan story i've started a podcast uh i think they're like two episodes in but he on the most recent one 
or no, somebody asked, no, I think it was like an interview or something like that. Somebody asked him like, why didn't you play Esper or something at the pro tour? And he was like, because it didn't have four fables in it. <laughs> like yeah, he was exactly. just like, I'm not going to play a deck in standard right now. That doesn't have four fables in Maybreaker Cause it's just the best card. Like, it really is. If you so. have it, then you automatically like, it is just the mirror breaker. Like you win the red black mirror. If you have fable on three and they don't, uh, you'll also always have second fable. Cause that's just how it works. It just, it generates, it generates so much value for like like there is no downside i will say that one thing i wish they had changed that i think would have made fable perfectly fair still very strong but i think had they made the backside legendary it would have been worse enough that i think it would be not quite as threatening obviously still an insane card but you wouldn't be able to do the thing of like you play a fable on three then you play a fable on four on five, you flip your first fable, and then on six, you get the other fable, and then you just get to pass turn with six lands. Yeah, yeah you, you just get to make a bunch of copies of the end stuff. Yeah. But like, if it the card would like be, I if it if it was legendary on the back, then it would just be like significantly worse. Like, it, I don't That's know. What I'm it, it's just it'd be it's like borderline, little... like not. Like it would still be good because of the first two effects, but like it probably incentivize people not to play it as much, like not to play be four stack copies. Which would be but... fine. I mean, the card just is really strong, and it's kind of weird how long it took for it to take over the format. Because for oh, quite, I, I mean, it's been in standard for a long time, and it's been played in you know the red black X decks. But for a while, like some of them would just be playing like three or two, and you know you'd have like Grixis would be playing four, but the decks that were like barely red would only play like two or three, and now like if you have a mountain land type in your deck, like you just play four. There's no reason not to. Yeah. I the thing I dislike about Fable is that not only is it usually a, I mean, how would you even measure that? Would it be technically a... Well, no, because I guess you discard two and then you draw two, so... Or none, or one, whatever. I don't know if that counts as a X for X, but minimum it's a it's a two for one, right? Because you have to answer the token, and then you have to answer the backside. But they also get the incremental advantage of either making their shitty draws good, or enabling their... Cruelty of the Gicks, like, you know, mm. reanimation. Like, it just, it does it all. Like, like I just... Yeah, there I just is... There's never a point in the game where your three drop isn't the most relevant card that you could be drawing, basically. Like, it's always a good draw. Even on turn 20, if you just, like, top deck it, it's fine, because if you draw a land, you can just discard it, draw something else. Like, it still just is good. Yeah, it's never, like, usually most cards are like, well, you know, I, I don't want to draw this card at this point in the game because it's just not that good anymore, you know, like, or, you know, oh, I guess I drew a Blood Tithe. I mean, even Blood Tithe is good because it gives you a redraw, right? Yeah. Um, It just feels like all these cards just have inherent value when they come into play, um, which does make the format, you know, like we said, a lot more mid-rangey. But I think the fact that Fable at any point in the game is close to like 
just to throw out some random number out there that doesn't mean anything, like 60% of the time, it's like your best draw, right? Like, it's just, yeah. I want to draw Fable here. Like, yeah, I mean, it, the thing I, is that there's not a point in the game that you don't want to, like, if you're not dead on board, yeah, then like, you may as well just play a Fable. Like, I mean, even if, so like in Pioneer, like in the red black mirrors and stuff. I basically will just keep any seven card hand that has a fable in it. Cause like, it's just going to be fine. It's going to help win the mirror. Yeah, like so. it just it enables too much shit. Like it enables people to be able to hard cast a Traxa. Um, it enables it enables people to like, you know, like cruelty of Gix setups. Um, it's yeah. Just, also, uh, that guy that I the guy I played against in San Diego in the first round. Who played Fable on three goes untap, draw for turn, discard a Traxa, draw card, attack you, play my fourth land, cast Cruelty, it kicks, get back Traxa. Like, yeah, like, dude, like, it just it enables too much. It enables too much. I think that's the issue with with Fable. Um, it's just it's never bad. You can play it in almost every deck that plays red and standard, like you said. Um. Even like those Jeskai control decks are playing Fable just because it, yeah, it says, why not? yeah, like makes a 2 2 and then it flips and then I can copy my Sanctuary Warden, like sick, or it yeah, ramps yeah. you into Sanctuary Warden. Like, well, it also filters two cards, yeah, so, like it just really it does helps. it all. Like, that card just yeah. does it yeah. all, man. Like, I don't Very know, I think, the, I think it's great. I think it is great, it, yeah, that's the issue. It's too great. Um, Personally, I'm all for a Fable ban. I think it would definitely shake up the meta a whole lot, and it would make it would make the mid range matchups a lot more like palpable, I guess. Because now it's not just Itali and Atroxapiles trying to go over, you know, like the mid range like matchups. Now it's like okay, now we have to adequately like like I don't know. I feel like there's a lot more. Uh, thinking, I guess, involved in, in the matchup. It's not just a race to see who can cruelty of Gig sooner or uh, slam slam their breach. Of, man, a card that I just didn't bother reading because it has a page of text on it mm -hmm. that uh, is just insanely good is a Tali. Jesus Christ, cards Bro, are really good. One of my uh, one of my opponents um, on at the main event just like. Cast a Tali and flip my Eternal Wander and plus one as a Tali, and I was just like, "Yeah, dude, I'm out." Like, <laughs> yeah, you got it, man. <laughs> yeah. So how? But I mean, let the let the people know how how did your Pro Tour end up? Like, what was the overall weekend experience and like? Uh, I ended the... up three. Hold and on, five. hold on, hold on. What, 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 we what? gotta, we gotta. You can't just go into the 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 big results. You gotta lead us up to it. Give us the story. It is your first pro tour. What did you do when you first got there? What was the draft like? You gotta give us the tea, brother. All right. So when I first got there, I got a McDouble that was five dollars. <laughs> Sick. Um, that I'm gonna be upset about for the rest of my life. Scammed. I'll never yeah, literally. Widowly. Uh I'll never Widowly. go back to Minnesota. Um it it was fine. It was neat getting to meet all of these people. I played against people from all around the world. I mean, I played against like four different people that qualified from Australia, like two people that qualified from Japan, a guy who qualified from Brazil. I mean, there were like just people from all over. 
that I got to meet and talk to if they, you know, spoke English. Um, I did my best to communicate with the people that didn't, but that was a little, there was a little bit of language barrier, which was interesting. Um, because some people spoke much better English than others, and some of them just didn't speak English at all. Um, like, one of my opponents was a Japanese guy, and I sat down, and I was just like, hey, man, I'm Brandon, and he just went, uh, no. I was like, oh, I get it. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, and, but it was just so cool to meet these players from all over the place that flew in to play in this pro tour. It was a really cool experience. Um, I had a, I had a good time. I mean, uh, I drafted green, black ramp with breach the multiverse. My deck was insane. I had two important trackers. I had a, uh, blighted burgeoning, had some good removal spells, had a breach the multiverse. Um, my first round opponent, uh, first of all, played eight rares in his deck, which I don't even know how he got eight rares, <laughs> but shout out multiverse legends, I guess. I mean, like our game one, he discarded, uh, a Tygum to my Nazumian format and then, uh, untaps, plays his fourth land and casts, uh, Gore Claw. Untaps and plays a Thalia in the Get Rock Monster, and then untapped and played a Sheldred, and it's just like Jesus Christ, man! <laughs> like, and you told me he just... did three zero. No, he two one. Um, That's pretty good. Yeah, he died to uh, one of the guys in my draft pod who opened an Elish Norn, um, the seven mana one, mm -hmm. and like snap picked it right, and. Uh, me and him, me and that guy talked after our draft was over because I asked him how he did, and he was just like, "Oh, dude, you know, I like pack one picked one of this Elishnorn. I kept getting past white cards, so white was wide open. I kept getting past green cards, so green was wide open." And I was like, "Well, I was on green, and four other people in our pod were on green, so we had five people with green in their decks." Um, okay. There were basically like I think I took almost every black card that was in the draft because nobody was taking black cards. There just weren't very many. Um, okay. One guy was on blue-red spells because he pack one, picked one, a... Uh, or all in cards the, of? No, the battle that Boros charms your opponent. Oh, okay. Um, he ended up with, like, three of those. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so he just kept, like, all right, Boros charm, you guys. Um... But, yeah, that guy, anyway, the guy who was playing the Elishnorn deck, he was like, yeah, white was wide open, and then round one, I get paired versus green-white tokens, or green-white counters, and I was like, yeah, what the fuck is this? And the guy just smashed me. And the next round, I played versus blue-black control, and I, like, just beat his ass with dudes. And the next round, I played versus the four-color rares guy, and he just played a bunch of rares and killed me. And, uh... That was about right. Yeah, I... Uh... I, I did win one game because I cast a Breach versus the Rares guy, and I flipped his uh, Sheldred, the... Uh, whispering one? Or just... Yeah, just... Sheldred, the, Sheldred the Whispering one. And he was just like, yeah, we'll just go ahead and call that. Let's <laughs> it up. <laughs> we uh, went to the next game, and he just... I drew 
14 of my 17 lands died. Yeah. Rough beats. Um, yeah, the next round I played versus green-white counters. Uh, super nice opponent. He was really a cool guy to sit around, sit with. But, um, yeah, he just kind of, game one, I just killed his dudes, played my own dudes, smashed him to death with guys. Uh, game two, he turn one, plays the 0-1, the backups. The black um, one or the white one? No, the white one. Okay. It has backup one. When it dies. And whenever it dies, just yeah. put its counters on another creature. And then turn two, played the O2 that backups and deals damage equal to its toughness. And then turn three, Oof. played a. Uh... What's the card? Uh... The Ozolith. The Ozolith. Yeah. Oh my Ozolith. god. Okay. Wait, I can't believe um, I guessed that. And he just. His dude just got so big, he just beat me to death. And game three, I. Had a breach um, in my opening hand with like a portent tracker and a blighted burgeoning and you know, good cards. And uh, I we just like land go, land go, land go. He goes, land Ozolith. I untapped, I drew a Traxxas Fall for turn. It was like, oh, sick, blow up your Ozolith. And he just like played a botanical brawler on his next turn. And I played up blighted burgeoning on one of my lands. He untaps and fucking naturalized that with an Atraxis fall, and then I uh, never drew a seventh land the entire game. I died. Uh, next round of the draft was green-white uh, dudes again. This guy's deck was 17 lands, two Cosmic Hunger, a Tandem Takedown, and then creatures. So, I win game one, just Kills guys, beat him to death. Uh, he beats me to death game two. Game three, I'm dead on board. I have one creature in my graveyard. Uh, he has nothing in his, and I drew Unleash, or Breach the Multiverse for turn, on turn seven. And I was like, well, gotta cast it and just hope I don't die. You know, played my land, cast it, and uh, he flipped nine lands and a Cosmic Hunger on the uh, Breach. Bro. And... We both just Pretty kind good. of like looked at it for a while, and I counted his lands. He had uh, seven lands in play, and he just goes, "Dude, I'm sorry," and like showed me the last <laughs> land in his deck that was in his that was in his hand. And he was like, "I mean, I'm gonna cosmic hunger your guy on end stuff," and I was like, "Yeah, I just, uh, I, I just die. I can't. Like, I it's so brutal. Oh. It was a really brutal draft because my deck was good, like." I felt like my, I mean, I felt like my archetype was wide open. Like I got like every black card. I think I had two, uh, blight reaper Thalids or whatever. Ooh, that card's good. That card is. That card's yeah. really good. Had some vanquish the weeks, final flourish, uh, collective nightmare. Like I had a bunch of good cards in my deck. I just, I died to a guy who just had it, almost every rare that was opened at the table. Um. I just couldn't compete. The rares in the set are just so strong. They're so, so yeah, yeah, it's just... Like, it's true that you both get access to them, which is really nice, but I will say it's a little annoying that you have to have, like, where's that guy? I had to have more removal spells than were at the table to be able to deal with his rares. Um, slash mythics. Yeah. But, so, it, it, that was pretty depressing. Um, the draft just, like, like I said, my deck was good, but when I cast the breach and my opponent flipped nine lands, I was just like, yeah, it's just not going to be my day. 
I guess. Like, it's just not the one. And uh, so I put, got paired versus red black mid range in the first round of the constructed, which is a great matchup. I was playing mono white eight field. Uh, the field of ruins kind of whatever in the matchup, but um, crush game one. I like turn three wedding announcement, turn four Archangel Elspeth, turn five Elspeth Resplendent, turn six Eternal Wanderer. My opponent was just like, Yeah, dude, you got it. Um, the next game he plays six mana Chandra. Uh, passes and then draws for turn and double invoke despairs me and I died. Um, and then the next game I kept two lands, two restoration of a ganjo, and some other cards. I think it was like too late on arms and a destroy evil. Uh, so anyway, we get to turn seven. My opponent just taps seven lands, casts a tolly, flips a farewell off my top, doesn't cast it. You know, casts some magic card from the top of his deck. It's not relevant. Uh, maybe in a duress or something, and passed, and then I untapped and drew my third land of the game. Um, so props, props. You drew. So then I was oh, yeah. On turn so seven. Was, well, my turn eight. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So I was zero and four and had to win out, and then I played versus Esper Legends and Field of Ruin, my opponent to death, uh, and just answered his dudes. Sunfall was a true MVP. Uh, next round, Esper Legends again. Basically, same story. My opening hand in our game three was like three lands, uh, restoration, late on arms, double depopulate. And I was just like, all right, yeah, easy money. Uh, the next round was versus Black White Phyrexians, just like a pile. Um, I just fought. He was playing a deck that needed his creatures to die. And like bloated contaminators and shit? Yeah, exactly. Bloated yeah. contaminators, um, things that triggered on death, and Mono White famously just exiles everything instead. Um, and the last round of play versus Mono White, the mirror. Uh, and the guy literally sits down and just goes, ah, oh, finally. <laughs> oh, and, no. uh, I look at his deck list. He's playing two Might Stone and Weak Stone. He's playing four Eternal Wanderer. Uh, he's playing Realm Breaker in the main. He's playing another Realm Breaker in the board. A Cityscape Leveler in the board. Oh my! God. It's like all like he legit said at the end of our match because like I won game one and then he just crushed me the other games. And he was like, "Yeah, I've been like I've been waiting to play the mirror. Like I just I really thought there'd be more people here playing it, so I came." to beat specifically the mirror. And I was just like, yeah, well, you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and that unfortunately knocked me out of day two. And that puts you at a record of three and five. So you missed so it by one you, round. Yep. You had to do four, four or better to day two. And then nine, seven qualified you for the next purple. So wasn't able to make day two. So I didn't get a chance to redeem myself in the draft portion. Um, you know, try to pick up a win and draft, which like I said, my draft deck was good. I, I feel like it was a very solid pile of cards. It just, the draws didn't quite line up, you know. It was kind of like a typical limited experience where you just kind of die to your deck not being consistent. Because limited is just not a consistent format. So, I mean, I mean, in all things set aside, 
I think going three and five at your first pro tour is it's pretty good. I know it's on day two, but I think you should still be proud of of that record. I think yeah. I think you did pretty good. Or what you could have done is just done like Kane Reinhardt be your first pro tour and go to the finals. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. I mean, I so like in hindsight, I'm glad that I did how I did. Um, at the time, I was not. I like lost my last round, and I was just like, "That's it. I'm washed. I don't even belong here. What am I doing at this fucking tournament?" I like Saturday just had like a sad boy day. Like I slept until like one p.m. and then I took like a two hour walk in the rain just to like oh, wash off the depression. <laughs> well, yeah, it's That's one of sad. those days, dude. It's one of those days. Yeah, and then I just kind of sat at the hotel because like one problem was my hotel was like a thirty minute walk from anywhere. Um, except for like, really? you know, yeah, like I was in town, like there were restaurants to go to, but everything was twice as expensive as uh. like, dude, even in San Diego, shit wasn't this expensive, bro. I went to Benihana and got a steak hibachi dinner and it was $80. Oh my God, bro. I could eat at the hibachi place here in Hattiesburg four times for that <laughs> <laughs> and it would be better. Yeah. Um, I That's went fair. to Fogo de Chao on Friday, on a Thursday night because that's you know the tradition. Yeah, um, that was delicious, but that ended up costing me like a hundred and seven dollars by myself. Oof. I didn't get any dessert. I didn't get any alcohol. I just did like the normal thing, and somehow or another, it ended up being one hundred seven dollars. I don't know how they did it, but um, damn, it's because you took up a whole table for one person. They charged Probably. you for at least two seats, is what it was. That had to be it. But definitely, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's like I went without looking at any pri- looking at the price, right? Because, like, yeah, it's going to go no matter what. Well, you're yeah, like, I'm going to go no like, it's going to be the same price, right? He said, I'm like, yeah, I mean, myself. I've been, I've been, like, I've been there. I've been to Brazilian steakhouses in California and in Seattle, Washington, like, you would think that in California and in Washington, like that would be like how expensive it would be, right? Yeah. Like at most. Sure. So I was like, yeah, it's probably sixty bucks, same as it is there. Nah, it was like seventy five dollars. Double it and give person. it to the next person. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, uh, but I mean, it was delicious. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; I'd pay a hundred dollars to do it again. I will say it was much better than the last experience we had. Whenever you were with us, uh, whenever you guys were with us. Um, in San Diego, bro, that shit was. They took forever. When yeah, this, not the one in San, San Diego. Diego. Oh, I'm talking, I'm talking about the one in Atlanta. Oh, was it Atlanta? It was Atlanta. Yeah, we went to. Fogo oh, right, in yeah, Atlanta, y'all, yeah. y'all went somewhere else, right? Dude, y'all went that, to Del Taco. That shit. Oh. Was, yeah, so we went to. That yeah. shit was what? Huh? I'm talking about Fogo de Chao, and you started talking about Del Taco. Del Taco was good. I have to give you that. I was about to say you got. But the look. Fogo. They got me chow. fucked up. You talking about Del Taco like that? <laughs> Del Taco was good. I was like, dude, yeah. I don't want to. The photo like, really? in Atlanta just like it took so long for them to get to us. No, here I sat down and the dude was just like, "Hey, have you been here?" And I was like, "Yes, a lot. All I want is a plate and some bananas." Give me. It's yes. like, all right, well, the sides, you know, you'll get some potatoes and some bread. I was like, no, 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 just replace that. Put bananas. Give me, on sir, they're plantains. Yeah, give me some plantains, <laughs> which I did say plantains at the restaurant because I didn't want to sound like a fucking hick. Yeah. Um, and 
he was just like, all right, are you going to do the salad? And I was like, nope, just give me a plate. And just give me like, bananas. Well, it comes with it. And I was like, I understand. Give me a plate. However, I am nope. fucking starving. We went to the, we so we went to Texas Day Brazil in Orlando a couple months ago, whenever we went down there for Collecticon. And I will say that that was one of the more pleasant Texas Day Brazils I've been to. Oh, dude, TDB is great. I mean, they just anything you wanted, there was always somebody there to get it to you. Like, yeah, dude, I was amazing. So like, all right, so old boy brings me my plate, right? <clears throat> Obviously, I turned the card on green immediately, and within five minutes, I had had six different things on my plate. Nice. Like, he got done talking to me after he sat the plate down, and there was a line of servers standing with skewers just waiting nice. to come bring me some meats, and I was just like, yeah, this is great. That's what you paid a hundred dollars for the service. Exactly. exactly. It, it, look, like I said, it was worth it for that one. For the one that we went to in Atlanta, uh, that was not worth. Uh, I would say that would not be worth a hundred dollars. That was barely worth the seventy dollars. But no, yeah. dude. What pissed me off about the one in Atlanta is that I need to get that food in like pretty consistent streams because then I I get full if I just sit around and mope around. But it took them like what fifteen minutes to get us like meats. Yeah. There was a point where my boy Evan got up to take a shit for 30 minutes and we didn't get a single thing the entire time, which that was in San Diego. I guess, that was in San Diego, yeah. Still, it was the same exact situation. Like, we just had to wait for so long for them to bring us anything. Yeah. Not That's their trick, so, man. How was the actual, like, venue and stuff, like, convention? Yeah, you didn't send us pictures, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't take any. I was too busy, like, being walking around with my uh tail between my legs being depressed um the venue was cool it was they definitely did it up to the max like friday or thursday was the early player registration party i got there they gave you you know your goodies your i got a backpack the pro tour badge uh, a couple of play mats a secret layer a bunch of booster packs like a bunch of stuff just for being there mm-hmm um they had that catered so there was like some good food around so i ate some of that before i went to go get the fogo since i had already made that reservation yeah um so that was cool they really did it up for that and then the pro tour itself the room that the pro tour was in was separate from magic con mm-hmm. um but it was really cool they had tables that had like a tablecloth on all the tables like it looked really fancy uh, there were lights, just like spotlights going all over the place. It was really neat. They had a lounge section for the pros to sit at. They had like had like couches and a big ass TV to watch the coverage. Uh, there was a snack table for free snacks. There was a fridge full of sodas and waters and stuff for free. That's dope. Um, so yeah, that was really cool. I really appreciated that they did that. Um, they also did an hour lunch break uh, between shifting from draft to constructed. Yeah. Um, so that was nice. Because, you know, normally it's probably for all events, the people that are working it too. Yeah. Because normally, you know, at big events, you guys have been to a lot of big events as well. I mean, you just kind of, you get there at nine o'clock and you just start playing. You don't get no breaks, That's dog. That's it, yeah. yeah. You're just sending it. Oh, you're all you control? Get fucked. Yeah, it's a real punish for people like me and Vega that play <laughs> decks that don't win the game. Oh, do you want to... Uh, you guys like doing that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's why I never started playing them. 
Yeah. I like B-Money's my time just, in between rounds. <laughs> yeah, B-Money just walks up, you know, five minutes after the round starts. He's like, hey, yeah. I'm like, oh, man, are you done with your round already? Like, oh, yeah, dude, I already went, got a drink, you know, took a smoke break. Uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> screw yeah. waiting around forever. Nah. Man, or funniest. Screw uh, playing around, 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 around with no break, dude. I would lose my mind. It's uh, it's rough. But it's probably I, a good thing at the same time. I think if you're like I, still like in that mode, but you're never bored. Yeah, and like you just go from one match to the next, so your brain never really shuts off. It just starts to get really bad when it's like a nine round event, like an SCG open or something like that. Like that's when it gets brutal. Yeah, Grand Prix are um, like because I've always been like a mid range slash control player. Um, so Grand Prix really taught me how to play quickly. Because there's no break. So, like, you know, towards the middle of the day, like, I'm fucking starving. So I'm just, like, slinging spells as fast as possible. And, like, trying to get a game over with quickly so I can get up and peace out and go get food. Which, back when we used to, when I used to kind of grind the SCG circuit, it was great. Because Corey would be with me. And uh, he was always playing Burn or something like that. So he'd be done in ten minutes. And he'd walk up and just be like, hey, man, you want me to go grab you a bite? Like, oh, dude, please. <laughs> so that was pretty nice. But it, uh, The venue itself was really cool. They had a bunch of, like, really neat displays. Uh, the Magic Con itself was pretty neat. Uh, there were a ton of artists there. Like, there was, like, fucking 20 Magic artists at this place doing stuff. Holy shit. Did you see yeah. our boy, RK? Yeah, RK Post was there, obviously. It was any Magic tournament. Yeah, it was any Magic tournament in America. <laughs> yeah. Look, I made a joke to him once. I was like, man, I'm waiting on you to just pull up on a Wednesday Night Modern. And he was like, yeah, I mean, if you'll pay for my plane ticket, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he really, uh, the hardest, a lot of the artists call him the hardest working man in Magic. Because the dude just travels nonstop. I mean, if he's not on a plane, then it's like something's weird. Yeah. Yeah, I love how every event game. we go to, we all just collectively group up and go to the arcade post. Yeah, I'm waiting on and him to just... actually recognize me, you know? Because, like, <laughs> dude, I've been going to these uh, events. I've been going to these events for, like, ten years. He won't recognize you. I no, promise. he sees so many people a day um, when he's there. I mean, hundreds of people. Uh, John Avon was there. Um, was he really? A chance. Yeah. Oh, oh, bro, I wish I'd have known that. Was I would like, have pulled up. He's you pulled up for John Avon. I would have pulled up. Wow. My boy Johnny Johnny Avon was there. Yeah, God, I didn't I get a chance know. to go oh, to his God, booth because there was a constant line. Oh yeah, no doubt. Uh, but uh, I've got crazy. a stack of unhinged basics. Uh, I've got about 22 of each now, and I'm going to get them all signed. Jesus uh, also, I have one of his arts that I would have brought with me to get signed, because it's not technically signed. Yeah, I didn't know. So, like, when I had looked at what all was going to be there, there were, like, two vendors listed and then, like, three artists. Well, you know so Card Monster was going to be there. <laughs> yeah, obviously Card Monster was there. Um, I talked with them for a minute. Uh, I, uh, they were pretty nice. There was a bunch of side events going on. There was like a secret layer showdown that was worth a shit ton of cash because you got a Ragavan secret yeah. layer foil for winning. 
The only two listed which, on TCG player are like 4K or 6K or something. Some guy posted in one of the buy sell trade groups on Facebook, and this motherfucker has a playset of those spoil ragavans. What a gangster! Oh my Dude. god! He was like, "Yeah, I'm taking offers, but I would like to stick around 13K for the set." Like my brother. No. <laughs> Bro, Xavier would do that shit. Exactly, oh. he would like that. He'd snap that shit off. Yeah, he'd yeah, be I like, "Oh, dude, that's, that easy. Post. that's easy." Yeah. He's like, "That's it." Yeah, done. Like, yeah. Um, but the venue was really cool. Um, there was a lot of stuff just kind of look at. So I walked around there a lot on Sunday, because um, my rounds were over pretty quickly at the PTQ. Because I did play. They had a. Last chance qualifier for Barcelona that was free to enter and it was only for people that had qualified for this pro tour. Yeah. Uh, so basically everybody who scrubbed out was playing in it. Um, which is really annoying because I swapped from the eight field version to the just more mid-range version so I could beat the red black decks and stuff. And I actually ended up playing versus only Esper. There was one guy I got paired against who was on Black Red Breach, which is a god awful, unwinnable matchup. And uh, that guy never showed up. Well, you so should have known that all the red black players were still in the main event. Yeah, obviously, because they're playing <laughs> Fable the Mirror Breaker in their deck. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a mistake on my part, just a bad meta call. I just wanted to try it out because I've just only played the eight field version. Yeah. Um, and my thought was that all the mono white players probably lost, which was mostly true. Um, I told you I could have sent you a reanimator. Yeah, I wish I wish I would have. <laughs> that was sweet. But, I would have overnighted um, it to you. You'd have had the whole thing. Honestly, the wildest experience of the whole weekend though was uh, I met Brian Kibler there. Uh, at one point, I like saw him in between rounds, and I was just like, "Oh, hey, Kibler, how how's your day going?" You know, like digging the long hair look. And this man, like just started talking to me, was asking me questions, asking my name, how I was doing all this, then talked to me for like five or ten minutes, and then he was just like, hey man, you want to go take a seat, and we'll, uh, you know, finish this chat? And I was just like, yeah, sure, dude, I guess. And I went and sat down at a table with him, and we talked for 30 full minutes. Did you tell him that you had uh, his uh, sexy blame map back in the day? I did. Nice. He was like, ah, oh, nice. Always good to meet a fan that still has those. He's like, sometimes I forget that they exist, and then I, you know, find mine that I have, and I remember. But he, you uh, should have asked if you could join him on one of his workout streams. God no. <laughs> he's a he's a cool guy, though. You know, we mostly just talked about how cool it was for competitive magic to be back, and then he was like, "Yeah, so what do you do for a living? Like, what's your job? You know, where are you from?" And it's just like. This is a weird interaction to have with a pro magic player. That's normally so they're nice. You, you, we're gonna have that interaction with you when we see you in person. True. No, I'm gonna be an <laughs> asshole now. You guys are gonna, we're gonna all meet up in Dallas, and y'all are gonna be like, "Hey, Tanner, how's it going?" I'm gonna be like, "Yeah, I'm fine." And I'm gonna walk away. <laughs> That's fair. Like most pros are nice to you, but in like a like, you know, you'll cool. be like, "Oh, hey, Thanks dude, how's the event?" Oh, yeah, yeah, and they're just kind of like, "Oh, it's going well," um, but you know. I don't yeah. know if they did they reinstate the Hall of Fame invites. That's what I'm wondering because why is Brian there? Because why is BK there? Because BK doesn't play Magic anymore. Yeah. Really, Hitler was there. Ben Stark was there. Yeah, um, there were uh, a lot of like Hall of Fame pro players that were there. Yeah, but like LSV. Like he doesn't play Magic yeah. consistently. Like he plays like you know 
limited all the yeah, time. Yeah, they don't play like and stuff. RCQs. They don't go to RCQs and stuff. No, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming that they did because one of the things that Brian Kibler said in our conversation <laughs> was uh, he was just like, yeah, man, I don't really grind magic, but like, I'm glad to be able to come here. You know, so I yeah. guess that they, so they did. Have to, like, they yeah. have to have reinstated him. I'm just right, waiting for the day that John Finkel comes back and plays, but I don't think he ever will. Uh, Bro, that would be like the man's is a beast. Dude, that pro tour is God. And like Kai Kai Bude just shows up again. Oh, it'd be nice. I will say shout out. I, okay, so I watched the coverage probably from start to finish. Like, so I no. The only thing that I missed was on I missed the Saturday coverage. I didn't really watch Saturday coverage. I watched all day Friday from start to finish. I watched redraft because he was like the premier drafter. Um, yeah, Reed I, and I basically have the same draft deck. <laughs> yeah, he got rolled in his first round. God, his opponent had two Galtas in his deck. <laughs> yeah, dude, rares are beatable. Yeah, he had two Galtas in his deck and like three other seven drops, and he just like got to seven mana and started casting them all. <laughs> um, but no, the uh, yeah, so the coverage was great. Uh, from my end, uh, I watched sunday i watched like half the top eight like the second half of the top eight watched uh the finals and everything and then i went and re-watched the entire top eight when i got home after being in dallas all weekend and i just found this out today but you know i don't know if you watched any of the coverage vega but like i did the um the hand uh like where it would update the hands like the hand updater thing yeah where it would show you what's in their hand it was Tannen and Frank Carson, I guess, that was doing it. Um, mm-hmm. oh. And they were the only ones doing it the whole weekend. There was nobody else that was doing it. They were the only ones doing it every single match of every single round of every single minute of the tournament. Dude, wow. so shout out to that because Tannen went and did the um, – he went and did the – Flesh and Blood Worlds the weekend before. So, like, he went and commentated Flesh and Blood Worlds the weekend before, a completely different role, and then went and did that at the Pro Tour. And, like, didn't skip a beat. Like, even a tracks of triggers, I mean, immediately he would just update the hand, and, like, it would be perfect. Yeah, so shout-out to the Tannen, because that was, that was godlike. It made the coverage great. It made the coverage... Um, uh, very enjoyable to watch. It made it feel like old PTs. And then shout out to our boy Rich Hagen making an appearance, coming back on the desk, only to go back into the dungeon afterwards and yep. be leader production again. But <laughs> never come back. <laughs> it was good to see him again on the desk. Uh, that was really dope. And they like kind of like made it a mystery on the coverage. And then all of a sudden he was just like boom right there after a commercial break. So that was super dope. Um, but yeah, the coverage team was really good. They, uh, it's nice to have more players doing coverage that just like do play magic. Like Corey. Yeah. I think Corey's it's better than like, you know, so like example, Randy Bueller, technically a hall of fame player. Dude hasn't played magic since he entered the hall of fame though. And whenever he used to do pro tour, coverage, I wish. He, was, he was awful. What? You're insane. Yeah. No, he was t- he was he was wrong great. about 
No, he was always wrong about every interaction. He would just be like, oh, yeah, now he gets to do this. And the other guy would have to just be like LSB or whoever would be doing the other coverage would just have to be like, um, no, actually, that does not work. You can't do that. And they're like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense, I guess. We never, never got mind. to cover vintage tournaments, so, I mean. Yeah, we didn't get to cover Magic from back whenever he played with the other five people that played Magic at that time. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hated no, his I, I liked back him. in the day. I liked him on there. Um, he also has the best Pro Tour clip of all time, so you can't, you can't ever not No, that. dude, nothing tops Yellow Hat <laughs> aligning his color, his mana for Cruel Ultimatum before he draws for turn, and he fucking no, no, moves no. it. It was the Lightning Helix off the top. That Lightning was the, Helix one of the was, greatest. That one's good. Uh, I'll give you that. But if we're talking, like, best of the best, it has to be Patrick Chapin and, uh, was it Yellow Hat? It was also Yellow Hat, where they're playing Dragonstorm, and he manages to dodge, like, all the heavy. Oh no! It was a. Yeah, he. It uh, was burning. Um, he ignite memories. Uh, yes. And uh. And dodged. Yellow Hat lived, and then untapped and ignite memories him, and just like flip Dragonstorm three times or some stupid. Yeah, thing. no, because the Garden Hellkite. He flipped the, the Garden the, Hellkite a bunch of times. The, the big thing was that, uh, Yellow Hat would have died. If one of the copies would have hit any other spell that wasn't, I think it was Grape Shot. If it hit, and if, like if any of the flips hit anything that wasn't the one Grape Shot, he lost. And yep. every single copy hit the Grape Shot. And then he untaps and casts Ignite Memories, and Chapin's like, Yeah, I'm dead. Like, look at my hand. It's a bunch of expensive shit. Yeah, he had, Chapin's hand was like two Begarden Hellkites and a Dragonstorm or something like that, and he was just like, yep, alright, well, okay, sick, cool. Yeah, yeah. Alive. so, to get back on kind of track here. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Uh, this Let's talk about the, we, we kind of already went into it, but the standard rotation announcement. Do you guys think that's good or bad? Terrible. I hate it. Fuck that. I, I it think too. it's awesome. I think it's fine if they... Ban uh, Fable. I know B Money's gonna disagree, but if they ban Red Black out of the format, I think it'd be fine. No. Not even ban Red Black, just get rid of Fable. It enables way too many strategies. It waters down the format. I'm tired of getting too Bro, get rid of get rid of Invoke Despair, bro. I fucking hate that. That card, card. was fine. That's the thing. That like those decks were I don't know. It, it was yeah, I'm so tired. Like Invoke is they fine. always have it and they always have the second one. <laughs> yeah, because right, Invoke so... says draw another invoke. I I think this changes is going to be really good. Uh, reason being is because uh, first off, the people that are that have done the research to figure out why they're doing it in the first place. So uh, for those people that don't know, standard will not rotate for three years now. So basically, whenever the rotation was supposed to happen in August, it is not going to rotate and is going to go again and all the way until next next rotation. So. All these standards that are in standard now will be there after August. So this means that you're going to have a lot more sets of a conglomerate of standard. Uh, pros being that it allows for a lot more of the format to be not so glass cannony as far as like the, the archetypes go. So with if you if you're adding eight to ten more sets in the in this like in standard. It's going to give you a lot more different cards, different strategies, different things like that, and they can also prepare 
for those standard formats in the future where they are trying to get people to play standard and paper more and more and more. And it also allows people to buy into standard because you're not going to be afraid of buying a play set of a card like Fable the Mirror Breaker at 30 bucks a piece and you have a fear of it being, you know, rotating in four months, you know, like that's, that's like a, another huge thing where a lot of people like don't want to buy into standard because it's not something that they want to spend a bunch of money on only for your deck to rotate in four to six months. Like it just doesn't make sense for people. people. Nice. Um, us on the other hand, like we don't really give a shit because like we only care about playing competitively and whatever it takes to play the most competitive decks possible. That, that's probably what we're going to do. But um, obviously some cons people, you know, being like, okay, well, you know, if they don't ban Fable, if they don't ban Reckon or Bankbuster, like these cards that are like kind of oppressive and standard right now, it puts, it puts a bad taste in people's mouth because people are just like, everything's kind of stale. But I think that the idea behind it is good. And I think that they will, if the format gets to a point where it is stale and, Basically, all of the decks that are winning constantly are playing Fable the Mirror Breaker. They will make a change, and they will do it. Like, Huey said that on stream uh, during the Pro Tour. Um, so, like, the current standard. I mean, whatever you want to say. I mean, uh, the thing is, is, like, I understand what you guys are saying, but, like, everyone else, like, that I've talked to and, like, talk, like heard from, they all love the standard. So, like, I, I mean, I understand, like, where you guys are coming from with, like, oh, it's kind of stale, oh, these cards are the same. But, like, the people that are, like playing constantly like like i said or like you said earlier like i can cons i consume the most magic content out of all of us like everyone else is like is that's talking about standard love the format like they think it's great yeah, but they're um, all also just playing, playing the, the yeah decks. exactly yeah i was gonna say yeah, every sure, artifact like, player loves modern because they're playing for time yeah but like that doesn't that doesn't make the format less like less good because i'm not saying it, know, i'm not some... saying it's a bad format i just think it's slightly unhealthy I don't think it's unhealthy at all, though. Like, like my, my, that's what I'm saying. My main concern is that Wizards now has to think about printing these heavy costed creatures because a Fable of the Mirror Breaker deck with Cruelty of Gigs is just going to play it. Like, Atali. Like, nothing's going to stop a deck from playing any just big bomb with a good ETB effect if they can already play Atraxa. You know, like, they're going to play Atraxa, Atali, and if they print some other really messed up like bomb like people are just gonna start playing that and it's gonna be the same sure, thing. But like on the same on the same side of that coin like what if they just print counter spell into standard perfect and you're just like okay well but that's what i'm saying but then everybody's like oh now we have counter spell in standard like that's really oppressive like and then everybody starts playing counter spell decks and you're just like what's the point of having fable anymore you know like it's the, it's the same thing with any card that they print and put into standard. Like, they could put Swords the Plowshares in standard, and people would be, like, up in arms over the fact that Swords the Plowshares is in standard. Well, yeah, Because everybody would be playing that's it. That's never going to so, happen, like, like that, that, But well, you get my no, point, well, I'm though. Sure saying that. Yeah, you I'm get sure my point, saying. though. It's like, I, I'm just saying, like, with any card that becomes oppressive, like, even, even like, in Modern right now, like, Modern is, is a prime example. Like, people are really upset about all the elementals, right? Like... People were just like, okay, endurance is really lame. Like, solitude's really lame. Like, fury sucks. Grief sucks. Like, because all these decks that are playing them, but yet you can still bring like basically any deck to a tournament and win. Like, all those cards aren't like so oppressive that they're like only the they're the decks that are playing them are winning all the time. But, and, but like, that's that's the so there's a big I, difference, I will, right? Because in modern, like, I, I will disagree a little, um, just because, like, in standard right now. Like, 
you kind of can't play just any deck. Trust me, because I do just play any deck all the time. And you just end up dying to the like the two good decks in the format, which are all just, you know, the two fable decks. Yeah, but then you have like someone like Autumn Burchette that makes top eight with black white mid range and you're just like Which is basically yeah. mono white mid range featuring oh, Yeah, exactly. But uh, what I'm saying is like weirdly. What I'm saying is she also had to slog through an entire tournament of doing it. So like the like basically saying, Okay, well like it doesn't happen, like it, it does. Like, no, it's clear. Yeah, no. It it's not like a, oh if you're not playing red black, you're not gonna win the tournament. It's just like there there's clearly a power level, like difference between the decks that do play fable and the decks that don't fair yeah. like quite a large power level so it's like you're you're kind of incentivized to play the fable decks like yeah to give yourself the best percentage which you should do every i mean yeah every format every like yeah there's always going to be that one deck that you should be playing and the cards that you should always be playing in a certain format right like like a modern it's like ragavan the all the elementals like it's always going to be an issue. People are always going to find something to complain about. It's just... Correct. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just the nature of magic. Yeah. I mean, hell, I complain about everything. I do, too. So. In the game. Magic sucks. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, even on, like... Yeah. Uh, even in Siege Rhino Standard, when you had to play Siege Rhino, there was still Abzan, and then Mono Black, and then Blue Black Control, and Blue White Control. Like, there were, like, a bunch of just different archetypes that existed that were all completely different decks from each other. And that's just not really the case currently. Like, in Standard right now, sure, you can play anything, like, any of these... Like, if you go and look at all the top decks that were at the Pro Tour or whatever, basically every deck archetype was blank, blank, mid-range. It's just all just a pile of mid-range cards. There's no good control cards. And that's because, like, partially because there's no actual two-mana counter spell. No, it's because like... every card two-for-ones you. Or gives you a redraw. Well, like that's another thing that Huey said during during the announcement was that them extending the length of time that standard rotates allows them to fix the format without having to ban any cards. Yeah, like yeah, it allows not. them to to you know per, like go sets in advance, like six sets in advance, and be like, okay, well, you know, come or like four sets in advance, for instance, and be like, okay, well. In August, we're going to reach this point. We're going to have two sets, three sets released, whatever. So by November, like by Atlanta or, or RC or whatever, they're like, okay, well, this standard is going to be, you know, where we want it to be as far as with all these cards we're going to print soon. So I think that it's going to be a good thing, but we we obviously shall see. Yeah. Per personally, I think the, the reason why Control doesn't really perform all that well is um, there's really not a good, like, finisher like a hardcore like control finisher like back in the day we used to have like five minutes of fairy elspa right like jace like we had good finishers yeah, elixir of mortality yeah true like and that was the finisher back in old no win combo like that is yeah you also had like good counter spells and shit and like the border wipes in standard right now are phenomenal so like the the flaw that i'm seeing is that there's no there's no good early interaction to kind of slow down your opponent. Most of the cards your opponents are playing are two-for-ones, which really sets you like back a lot, and then not having a good finisher. Like, the good finisher is Sanctuary Warden, and even the Wandering, or the Eternal Wanderer. I mean, Sun, now Sunfall, too. Sunfall, that's what I'm saying. Like, the Border Wives are gas. great. Like, they're really good. But there's well, I mean, no... that's also a finisher, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
I, I guess, yeah. Bro, I made an 8-8 versus Esper and fucking domed my opponent. It is good. Um, it, It's just the fact that we don't have, like... A... I mean, what 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 do you think would make you happy to see in Standard if, that, if there was, like, some type... Or let's just say... If there was two cards specifically that you would say this would fix standard, what would those cards be? Like what type of card? I'm not saying like what exact card, like okay, text box I, and everything. I know, I'm saying, like, I know two cards that come to mind that I know for a fact would fix standard, at least in, for like the control portion. Three cards. First one. Okay, I said I said two. I'm, gonna, I'm so giving you let's three. Let's go with two. I'm giving you three. Let's go with two. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, the three mana counterspell that either... Uh, counters your spell or stifles. Um, dissolve. No, you're thinking disallow. of um, disallow. Disallow. Sorry, I think disallow would be really good because not only can you stop a Traxa triggers, you can stop cruelty of Gix triggers, you can stop Fable from flipping. Um, you can. It's also just a good counter spell, and it's not too. It's not a really powerful, crazy counter spell either. Um, and. Uh, even search for Ascanta or or Five Fairy, either one of those two, like those would be fine. Like, yeah, there's just no good way to keep cards in your hand. Yes, in control. Yes, especially after like having to two for one yourself for a Fable. Like, so what if they re? What, okay, so what if they put Sphinx's Rev back in the standard? That would be that's perfect. What I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, that would be perfect. Okay, well, that's what I'm asking. I, I'm not. I mean, I, I'm not I trying to that, tell you. I'm. I'm, no, yeah. I'm genuinely asking. No, that would be perfect. Yeah. I mean, I think that Rev would be like a really good. Um, a really good way to help the control decks. But the problem is that it's not really about putting a new card in that could bring it back. It's just the, the cards that everybody else is playing are so powerful. But would they that... be as powerful if you printed these cards for the control decks? Like, that's what I'm, that's what I'm yeah, trying to get I, at. Like, I think they if, would... you, if you put this Disallow and Sphinx's Rev or something similar to that in Standard... Would it balance out the format? I, like yes, you, you would hope. I, I personally think so. I really don't. I don't know, honestly, because like, I mean, even in uh, like, I don't know. It's hard to say. Because my like Rev is a card that would really help a lot because like right now can like the blue white like blue white mind spice is the closest thing to just like a really just. It just is a hard control. Yeah. Deck. Oh. And it's able to do that because it plays Silver Scrutiny. But even then, the Silver Scrutiny, like... You need Mind Spice. To refill your hand, you have to do it... What? Silver Scrutiny? No. Yeah, yeah Silver Scrutiny. Blue, yeah, blue it's, it's really good with, yeah. with Mind Splice. Like, yeah, it's oh, really yeah, good yeah, with Mind Splice, but you still have to cast a spell at Sorcery Speed. Yeah. Um, and that... I mean, you can cast it at Instant Speed, but then you only draw three cards. Way worse than drawing seven cards. And it's like... So. Like it, it's really hard to say if like a big spell like Sphinx's Rev, like it's hard to say what they could add to the format that would fix the problem, because like the problem is just that all of the cards in the format currently are so much stronger than any cards that were in control decks in any previous standard. Yeah, like so it's hard to say what you could. Because you can't, like, just transpose something from, like, so good old blue-white do-nothing control. I'm not saying, like, to literally just just put a card from an old format. I'm trying to figure out what you guys think the style of card standard needs. I'm not saying that it needs to be an exact copy of a reprint. So just anything, any card that regains you card advantage after inherently forcing you to, like, like, to two-for-one yourself. Like, 
there's so many cards that you just have to answer on the spot or cards that give your opponents redraw for like no for no repercussion like blood tithe harvester being a 32 for two mana that gives you a redraw and acts as a removal spell like that that's like six different like it, it like cards in one like you have a removal spell you have an aggressive creature you have a good blocker you have a redraw like it's just it does everything like the cards literally does everything fable literally does everything yeah really i think the best answer would be that wizards needs to just like snip tool the bottom half of every card that's currently in standard cut it in half like the bottom half of the text box you know because they all have a paragraph of text it's just like they need to give away for control to okay yeah we're gonna make control players and all these players two for one themselves um but then we're also giving the we're gonna give them the ability to uh sort of regain that card advantage in the late game you know as to do what the deck is supposed to do like as a control player like even playing like these jeskai piles like you get to the late game and you still have like two cards in hand and then like the red black or grixis player is gripping like five or six cards and you're just like dude i have been like i've board wiped this person i've killed their fables and like they they still just beat you in card advantage like i think a card like invoke is more of a control card it, it, it's a better control card than what control has access to because it's a removal spell it kills an enchantment it kills a planeswalker and if not, you get to draw three cards, and your opponent loses like six life. It's like, yeah. I mean, one one just one really big issue, which I guess kind of clarifies what I was saying a little, is that every card in standard does too much for control to be able to fight it. Like Vega was saying with Blood Type Officer, like every card just does everything. No, I, I understand what you're saying, but what I was, what I, the point I was trying to make is like, is there a way to balance the format without banning anything? Like, is there a way to allow control players to play control, allow aggro players to play the aggro decks they want to? Because aggro is really not that good either. Yeah, like, it's not. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, just, I mean, it's just full mid range decks. Which they already vowed to be moving away from, and if it does become more and more of a problem, they're going to ban something. Like it's just going to happen. But so, um, I, I guess to I'm just, just hit on. I was just trying to pick your brain on what you guys considered, or even if there was a fix for this current format, or you guys think that there is, um, as opposed to, you know, just basically saying, well, the format's doomed essentially. So, um, so so to 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 kind of attack your point directly, um. Or to not not attack it. I don't know why you're attacking my but, point, but, but to, uh, I'm not really making one. I'm asking a question. <laughs> but to uh, <laughs> but I guess to you know kind of answer to your to your point or question is aggro would be much better if there were viable control decks in the format. Um, so I Correct. think the way to do that would be to give good late game card advantage to control decks let mid-range decks do what they do um and then i think just i i, I really i don't play aggro so i can't really tell you well aggro decks are missing this or they're missing that but i think if control had just any form of getting card advantage i think it would help out a lot but 
you think putting Quicken in the format would be good? Ooh, hold on. <laughs> I, I do think that that would be a pretty cool... That would be kind of include sweet. that could really help out a lot. But then people would um, Quicken into Invoke Despair, so... Oh, never mind! Mm, yeah, you're right. Much worse, actually. <laughs> during yeah, your terrible. upkeep. <laughs> yeah, during I mean, I your upkeep, like, do the thing. Quicken yeah, Invoke? I feel like B-Money... Uh, it's like B money proved the point that there is no hope. Uh, no, it's not. It's not true. Our despair but... has been no. Cool. I, I mean, the problem. So, like, <laughs> I stand by that. I like the control decks that currently are being played, like the Jeskai control deck. It's a control deck, but really, it's just USA mid range. Yes, they play like, the Wandering Mind. Plays Fable on three. Yeah. It's playing. Yeah, I mean, it plays the Wandering Mind. It's playing Sarah uh, or. Uh, Sanctuary Warden on turn 6, you know, stuff like that. Like, it's just, like, it's way more into just tapping out and doing stuff. Yeah. I mean, Control was a lot more viable in the previous standard, even. And even then, it wasn't super great, but it was still better. And, like, I think that there were more archetypes in the previous standard than there are now. Yeah. Uh, like, there was Control, and which meant that there was Aggro. And then mid range was able to pro like every deck was able to feed off of each other. And right now we don't have that that kind of format because typically when there's mid range decks, like so the you know the Siege Rhino standard was like the mid range standard. Even then, the format was pretty balanced because like you were just doing a mid range deck, and then people would just be playing a blue black control deck that just like outgrinded you and did the thing that control does versus mid range. Like now playing a control deck versus a mid-range deck, like, you're... I mean, you can't come back from it. Like, you're, you are, like, favored, but you're favored if they don't draw their good cards and you do. Yeah. So, basically what I'm hearing is that you guys think that Wizards is beyond the point of no return with text box, so there's no way to fix standard except for continuously banning cards. I mean, I'm not a big fan of banning Am I right or am I wrong? No, I mean, you're right. I'm not a big fan. So, like, I don't typically like for them to ban things in standard. But at the point now, I feel like... No! I mean... No, le so, legit, I'm sorry. Le no, no, legit. There is 50% of the meta is red-black decks. Like, I'm standing up for this. No, this is bullshit. No, the, the, this is bullshit. Smuggler Copter is... died for lesser sins than what Fable the Mirror Breaker is doing, okay? Okay, no. Smuggler's Copter was very, 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 it's very a, good. It, in it was a two-mana 3-3 three, three with flying that looted. With crew yeah, but one! It, yeah, but it drew you like a hundred Cry me a river, play a braid. <laughs> get out of here. Look, look, all I'm saying... Yeah, but that also goes back to like, now you're forcing players to play specific cards so they can beat your busted card. Correct. Was a bad sign. Look, I get it. Okay, I get it. But I don't know, man. I'm still salty about the smuggler copter ban. Okay. Like, yeah, but that card was overpowered. And that Fable card was isn't... just very good. Huh? And I'm not. Isn't. I'm saying, but I'm not saying it's overpowered. Like, it's a very good inclusion. But it's not like Fable is just winning you every game on the spot. Like, I don't think that. Like, I don't personally think that. And I don't think that the general consensus of people that are playing standard also agree with that. Like, do they think it's good? Yes. Is the card very, very good? Yes. But is it like you play Fable the Mirror Breaker, like, and you just win the game? I don't think so. Like, I think there's other ways to deal with it. And 
Sure, you don't win the game that turn, but you will. You, you do just end kinda... up probably. You're more likely to win the game if you cast a fable than if you don't. Oh yeah, for sure. But like, I mean, I, I just don't think it's as overpowered. At, I don't think you can compare that to Smuggler's Copter. Is what I'm saying. Smuggler's Copter was very, 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 very good. Yeah, shout out to Marty Vehicles for being a better deck than Callblade. Yeah, um, shout out to playing a one mana one one and being able to attack for three and loot. It doesn't have haste. Calm down. Huh? I'm talking about Toolcraft Exemplar. Oh yeah, that card. Oh, that's a one mana uh, two or three yeah, one. It's one mana three one or three two. Well, like, all I'm saying is Smuggler Copter died for Heart of Karen's sins. Okay. No, you're crazy. <laughs> You, yeah, like being able to play playing hard here until smuggler's copter got like, you, and I just you played just it because it was the next best a handful option. of mushrooms and eat them in the <laughs> last 10 minutes <laughs> Vega I was joking about doing that for I, like blue, I like blue white flash man and that deck was still fun actually for sure yeah that deck was still fun after the copter ban yeah I miss no, um, they need to print more cards like like Archangel Addison like that card was just that card was peak magic like that was so that was such a well made card like, uh, well, I have a blue eye flash deck in Pioneer that plays that card. Hot. Yeah. You play Spellqueller. Ooh, yeah, you used to play you Spellqueller. You play all three blue white cards. You play Gideon, uh, Smuggler's Copter, uh, R.I.P. Um, no, you don't I, play Gideon. I don't know, man. I, uh, I just... Anytime that a format has this polarizing of, like, match distribution or uh, deck distribution, like one deck or one archetype being at least 50% of the current meta. That's not just like at the Pro Tour, because obviously that's a little skewed, but like on Goldfish, red, black X decks are like make up it's... more than 50% of the meta. And I mean, that. I just like, I don't see how, like, I don't see how people can say that that's not unhealthy. Like, like I get it, right? Like I I understand it's a different meta, but cards like Reflector Mage, like being banned, like, like I don't know, well, Ramunap Ruins, of... and Rampaging Ferocidon being banned. Bro, Rampaging Ferocidon got banned before they even played it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, like, I, I just, I don't... That card was really good. Like, they, it just seems... It was good. Yeah, we're, but we're they never even had a chance. Two totally different times That's in Magic with two totally different power like, levels. I get it. Like, they're... It's completely different, uh, like, metas. But Reflector Mage died because of Collected Company. Like, like Speaking of Collected Company and standard uh, rotations, uh, remember whenever they changed the block system so they could sell more dragons of Tarkir packs for an extra year, and then they immediately went back on it because they were like, yeah, our fault, that kind of lame. That was kind of lame. Yeah. 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 Because, uh... Everybody remember when Collect Company just got an extra year of standard when everybody was complaining that it needed to be banned? Then instead of banning it, they banned Reflector Mage. <laughs> and people were just like, all right, well, I'll just keep playing my Collected Companies because this card's insane. Like, we, like, I don't know. And even then, that wasn't, that deck wasn't even 50% of the meta. Yeah, and like, even the October, like, meta, right, where they banned Omnath, they, like, they banned Lucky Clover, too, like... Like those decks were not like the the best decks in the format, like far and away. Yeah, they banned all rounds epiphany like ten minutes before it rotated like, out of standard. What? <laughs> like, well, that was because of the was, online championship yeah. that happened. 
yeah. and people were just looping all runs of Tiffany's. Like, yeah, like I don't know. It's just that like they've banned like way lesser like cards. No, I will say I, that I, don't think I, lesser. I just think at the time they were they they were powerful in their era. Like Callblade got banned out of standard with less percentage of representation than red black mid range. Just red black mid range. Like Callblade wasn't even thirty seven percent of the meta whenever it got banned. Hey, well, again, we're talking about two totally different times in Magic. Like sure, but I'm just saying that like the math. The one lie. specific thing shouldn't be able. To just math, be the entire format, it doesn't the math matter. Should the be based off of the no, era. The, it shouldn't be the reason why they're not banning. Fable. There should all there should in in Magic like formats there should always be multiple archetypes. In my opinion, as like I guess a fucking boomer Magic player, like a healthy format means that you can play a mid range control or combo or an aggro deck like whatever you want to play, whatever archetype you want. As long as you're playing the good cards for that archetype, you should be able to play it and at least win, you know, half of your matches or whatever. It shouldn't be a situation where, like, now, like, if you show up playing an aggro deck, like, you might win two rounds, but, like, you're eventually going to, like, your opponent's going to cast a shield and you're going to lose. Like, you, there, there is know. no, like, archetype spread. There's, there's, I don't know. Like, there used to I be. I don't know. Like, there should be, I should say, not used to be. But. Like, I just, I don't know. I think they've banned, I, I get it, it's a different time. So, I mean, I guess it's a null point. Um, I don't know. It's just weird to me. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, our opinion doesn't really matter about that. It, it's just, I don't know, man. It's like, they're not banning Fable because it's a mid-range card. Like, that's it. It's just like, oh, well, it's it's a mid-range card. Like, and yeah, mid-range formats are the healthiest. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. It's just, I don't know. It's just weird. That card enables yeah, I mean, so many. They're healthy in the sense that what are you gonna do about any it? red black mid range deck can beat the other red black mid range deck if you just draw better. Which I mean, yeah, that's that's what it True. comes down to. Uh, nothing we can do about yep. it. Um, we just gotta ride the waves and take them as they go. But um, yeah, well, we uh, I was gonna say we were gonna talk about Pioneer we tonight, but that's probably not gonna happen. We'll yes. just do Pioneer in the next episode. But. So I guess before we close, uh, yeah, Pioneer also sucks. All right, yeah, that's it. No, Pioneer is okay. It's high. Yeah, you guys are all boomered out. I like, Pioneer. Just like, I like Pioneer. It's the only ways, format. And you're never going to no, no, no. change no. the way you think. I like Pioneer because it's the only format where I can play control and not get hosed. Bro, last week you literally said the Pioneer, the Pioneer was stale as hell. You literally, <laughs> those words came out of your mouth. Look, it is stale. But I enjoy Oh my it. god, okay. We're done. Look, We're done. End the episode. Money, that's, Cut the scene. That is my secret. All formats are stale because we play the fuck out of them. Like, yeah, but that but, but I love, I'm just trying to get I you like out of that Pioneer. mindset. I like Pioneer. I like Pioneer. I get to play control. I'm trying to break you of that mindset. I understand. Look, look. Mindset <laughs> broken. We're done. I no, love Pioneer. True. Pioneer's awesome. Um Fine. So I guess it's perfectly fine. It I, there's nothing wrong with yeah, it. Yeah, it's very healthy. So it is kind of crazy how red black took over pioneer whenever like mono green was like far and away the best deck, and then red black just like crept up, and now it's like shot way above event. everything else randomly. Just shit on mono. Well, there's green. a lot of reasons, but yeah, there's a lot of there's reasons, a lot of reasons. Like, but, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about those next week. We'll talk about those next week. <laughs> so yeah, I guess before anyway. we close out the episode. Uh, what are you guys looking for or towards uh, the rest of the year? 
Um, I'm looking towards the inevitable fable of the <laughs> well, banning of fable. No. Uh, I'm excited for Dallas in three weeks. Exciting to see all really my boys three weeks. three weeks, dog. Yes. Oh my god, bro. Um, uh, I still have to figure out what deck I'm playing. So I'm not going to play red black. You're playing blue white. Not uh, after blue white. I still have to buy a flight. I still have to. I have two work trips in between now and then. Mm, I have. Drive. I have to go to. I have to go to New York, and I have to go to freaking New Orleans. Oh no! I get to travel uh, the world. I'm not. Well, it's not like I get to go and have a good time. I'm only. I'm only going to be in New Orleans for literally 24 hours. He's like, and I'm oh, back. dude. No, I dude, pull up. Like, oh, pull up to Hattiesburg. Come squat up. He's like, this sucks. I have to travel. Well, dude, okay, I'm not gonna lie. It does. I oh, it's it's it, dope no, being able no. to go to all these places, but it is really, really like exhausting, exhausing it's going exhausting all the to time. Nonstop be on the road. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just, just like super being exhausting. In, in a place for 24 hours, you don't really get to enjoy it either. So I get that. Yeah, you don't do anything. So yeah, I understand. Yeah. I kind of Yeah, being on the road. Uh, I I could not. I, you just reminded me that Dallas is three weeks away, and I was like, I blinked, and I was like, oh shit, I gotta buy a flight. Like I gotta do all this shit. So. We need to go and do that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll do it this weekend. Dude, just drive. What? What's that drive from Nashville? Sixty-two like 13 hours. Thirteen hours. 13. Oh, that's I not think bad. it's like I think it's like twelve or thirteen. All right, listen, listen, listen. Hear me out. No, leave a day early. Come to Hattiesburg, crash here, and then the next. No, nah, I think I'm flying Thursday, and then my sister's gonna pick me up in the airport. I'm gonna go hang out with my sister and her fam, and then she's gonna drop me off uh, Friday morning. Like before the uh, before the event, so that's perfect. Right. Just like meet up with everybody right before the event and then go. That is perfect. But yeah, I'm also looking forward to Dallas. Um, that's a big thing yeah. I'm looking towards right now. So, yep, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be nice uh, just to see all the boys. I really hope I do well so that I can qualify for another pro tour. Yes, that is my goal. I uh. I, I was hoping to play in an RC, RCQ this weekend, uh, but it sold out. Uh, hopefully, they call me and say a spot opened up. That'd be sweet. If not, I have an RCQ next weekend, too, uh, about an hour away from me. That um, I finally found somebody in my area that's cool and I can ride with these events, so that's kind of cool. Oh, um, nice. So, um, yeah, we're just going to keep riding out these events until we qualify, hopefully. So now that you've made uh, some friends, sounds like it's time for you to move back. Uh, <laughs> abandon your I, new life take your old life still on, it's baby. still it's still up in the air i mean if that if the job offer makes sense then i will move back but if it doesn't make sense then i will not so fuck yeah that's, that's basically it. Best for you. way to do man but yeah sure. I think that's everything. awesome anything else before we close it out guys no I'm good. Yeah, See y'all next week. Sucks, uh, draft sucks. Uh, <laughs> Get out of here. Modern sucks. Vintage is really stale. Uh, well, alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for listening to episode number 10 of the Completed Podcast. Make sure to check out our Twitter, at team underscore metamorph. Uh, send in any suggestions you might have, and uh, we'll probably more than likely do them, if they're, of course, within reason. Um, again, congrats to Tanner for making it to the Pro Tour. We're really happy for for you and uh I don't know. your results were were really good we're, we're very proud of you buddy and yeah thanks for tuning in guys thanks guys you're welcome buddy um but yeah thanks guys and we will see you guys uh next week on episode 11 hope you guys have a good night peace peace